Welcome back, Missio family. Today, you'll hear Pastor Josh talk about how Jesus used both invitation and challenge in the process of making disciples. I'd also like to mention that last week, Josh asked if we had anyone on our hearts as a person of peace. Our goal is to identify 200 people of peace and to pray for them at least weekly. If there's anyone that you can think of that we can be praying for, please send us at least their first name, last initial, so that we can be praying for you and your person of peace. If you have any questions about Missio, you would like to join a missional community, or you have any other prayer requests, please contact us at missio.life. Good morning, Missio family. How are we doing today? Good, good. We have some people out sick. I know it's kind of the season where stuff's flying around and lots of people are out. But we're so glad that you're here and that you're healthy. Hopefully you're healthy. You're not sharing your germs. Um, I just want to let you know that, do you guys realize Missio Church has a basketball team? Yeah. So we're 2-0 as of yesterday. And uh, we have a good season off and rolling and we have some of our players here. So anyway, just need to brag on our team a little bit. We're having fun and we've got a cheering section that even shows up and they have the big foam fingers and all that. But anyway, it's good to be together. And we're in a series right now called How to Reach a City. And we started this last week. As we roll into the new year, we want to be talking about where are we headed? What do we want to accomplish? Or more importantly, what do we want to see God do through Missio Church? And how can we partner with him in that? And so last week, we started talking about people of peace. What are people of peace? Uh, and so if you missed that message, if you weren't here, you can check it out on Spotify, maybe on Apple. We'll see. Uh, but check that out because it might help to connect some of the dots for you. But I will do a little bit of a recap just in case you missed that. So a person of peace is somebody in our life who's leaning into relationship. There's somebody who wants to be around us. They enjoy being around us. We enjoy being around them. It's somebody who maybe doesn't have the same faith that we have, but they're okay with the fact that maybe we have a relationship with Jesus. And so it's somebody who, again, wants to be around us. They want to uh, reciprocate a blessing. We talked about how we bless through word, action, or gift. And so if we compliment somebody, they might also return a compliment through a word blessing uh, or action. If we're serving them, they might look for ways to serve us in return or maybe even a gift. And, and that might even look something like uh, you go over to their house for dinner, you bring a salad, and then they come to your house and they bring some dessert. There's that reciprocal blessing, okay? So word, action, or gift. People of peace are those people in your life who want to be around you, want to bless you in return, and, and probably don't have the same faith that we have in Jesus. And so as we talked about our goal for 2023, as Missio Church, our goal is this. We want to collectively, as a church family, identify 200 people of peace in our lives and to pray for them regularly, weekly, maybe more than that, maybe daily. And so we're trying to identify more and more people that don't know Jesus that, that would benefit from a relationship with him. And so that's why we're here, church. We're, we're here to reach people that need a relationship with Jesus. And so that's where we're going this year. And uh, kind of seems like a no-brainer, but we can't reach people of peace. Um, we can't reach people who don't know Jesus if we don't know people who don't know Jesus, right? 
So if we want to reach people who don't know Jesus, we need to meet some people who don't know Jesus. And we look for those people of peace where we live, work, and play. Uh, and I didn't say this last week, but I know we have a number of students here. And if you're a student, you're, you spend a lot of hours at your school with people who don't know Jesus. And so an opportunity to identify people of peace at your school. So I don't want to discount that. I know I didn't mention it last week, but it's also very, very important. And so um, as we talk about people of peace, we kind of need to know what do we do next? And so this message is going to be very practical. Uh, I'm going to be jumping around with some different scripture references. And so if you're a person who likes to work through a book of the Bible piece by piece, that's coming. In a couple of weeks, we're going to start the book of Galatians. We'll get there. But for now, I want this to be very, very practical, and we're going to jump around with some different scriptures. So just hang tight with us, and we'll get there. So for many people, they, uh, they'll make a friend, and then that friend becomes kind of a deeper relationship, maybe considered a person of peace. But what happens when our relationships just kind of stall out? Have you ever been there where you meet somebody, and you talk a little bit, and, and then you just kind of go, I don't know where this relationship is going. I don't know what to do next. Because you can only talk about the weather and your favorite sports team so many times before it's kind of like, okay, this thing's just not moving. And, and what if there was a tool, what if there was a way for us to gauge where a relationship currently was and where we could take it? Well, I'm glad you asked because there is such a tool. And that's what we're going to share today. We're going to talk about this idea of invitation and challenge. And so it's an idea that no matter where you are in a relationship, you can kind of assess where that's at and where it needs to go next, maybe what the next appropriate step is. And so this is a, an idea that comes from Jesus. We look at scripture, we're going to look at some um, verses here in just a minute and where, how Jesus came up with this. But there's some guys over in the UK uh, that came up with this, really developed it as looking for, through scripture, a guy by the name of Mike Breen and 3DM, if you've ever heard of them. He wrote a book called Building a Discipling Culture, and he's done a lot of work in this. And so now a lot of uh, ministries and mission agencies are using this as a way to say, how do we develop a relationship? How do we let it grow? And so we look at it through discipleship of people of peace, but it can also be applied to marriage and to parenting. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, let's talk about what invitation and challenge really means. What do those words mean? So when you think of invitation, this has to do with being included in a community, being welcomed, being affirmed, being, uh, building that relationship of trust. It's an attitude that says, I'm glad you're here. I'm committed to you and I will welcome you no matter what. So that's kind of in essence what we're saying with invitation when we're talking about that. Challenge has to do with belonging to the community and actually contributing being a part of the goals and the outcomes of where that community is heading. And so ultimately, when we're thinking in terms of discipleship, it's advancing the kingdom of God. It's being engaged with the mission. Challenge refers to an attitude that says, I want you to grow, and I'm committed to holding you accountable to change for the better. We all want people to change and grow, but that comes through challenge. And so this idea of invitation and challenge is... They're both needed, and we see them from Scripture. So before we go any further, I want to take you to some texts. And you didn't realize this today when you came in, but this is a pop quiz. Who likes pop quizzes? Oh, we have a few people. Okay, and so this is, don't worry, this isn't going to uh, affect your GPA. This is just a, uh, 
a little pop quiz. And so I want you to raise your hand for invitation or challenge. I'm going to read a scripture and then we're going to vote. I want to see if you guys are tracking with where this is going. All right. So the first one is Matthew 11. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Is that invitation? Raise your hand. Is that challenge? Raise your hand. And you guys are smart. Just nailed it. Okay. Let the dead bury the dead, but you go out and proclaim the kingdom of God. Is that invitation? Challenge? 100%. You guys are so good. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Invitation? Challenge? That one's invitation. Now, I need to make this a little bit harder. You guys are getting all of these right. And so anyone who wants to be first must be last and the servant of all. That's obviously challenge. And then let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from them. Also invitation. Jesus is saying, come to me. If anyone wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Who thinks that's invitation? Who thinks that's challenge? It's obviously challenge, right? And so I'd encourage you, as you read through Scripture, especially the Gospels, look for this. See how Jesus used both of these things, how he welcomed people into his life, and then how he challenged them to grow. And you'll see it. It's all over throughout the New Testament in the Gospels. But sometimes Jesus used both in the same sentence, like in in Matthew 4. Jesus said, come and follow me. And then a little bit later, he says, and I will send you out and fish for people, make you fishers of men. So he had, a, a, he had some challenge for them. Mark 1, the time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Hey, everybody, the kingdom of God is here. That's invitation. Then he says, therefore, repent and believe the good news of the gospel, which is challenge. You need to change. And so in Jesus' ministry, um, he used both invitation and challenge. And there were there's some examples you could say where... Um, like with the rich young ruler, this guy comes up to Jesus and he says, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? He says, we well, need to sell everything and follow me. That was a pretty high bar that Jesus set with challenge right away. And so there are some of those examples where somebody really just asked a question and Jesus gave a straight answer. But generally, if you look throughout the Gospels, what we see with Jesus' life and ministry is that he invited people to spend time with him. Jesus was relational. He hung out with people. He ate meals with them. He spent time with them, and then he would challenge them appropriately, right? And so we can learn that from him. For most of us, um, we're either on the invitation side, we're inviters. Anybody think they're an inviter? They just like to make everybody feel welcome, and everybody's included. I mean, raise your hand. If you're an inviter, I'm an inviter. Anybody else? I have a few. And, And we like to just make sure everybody feels welcome. But then we have people on the other side of the spectrum who are challengers, and they like to point out the problems. They like to deal with the issues. They like to get at the stuff. Anybody here a challenger by nature? I see one hand. A few of you are like, I don't want to be a challenger. And, and both are necessary. Both are needed for healthy relationships because we have to build trust. We have to build rapport with people. But then we also don't just want to be nice and you know, everything's fluffy and surfacey. Because the relationship really doesn't develop beyond that. We need the challenge. We need the truth to address uh, situations in life, right? Otherwise, we just kind of sweep it under the rug and we don't deal with stuff that's going on. 
The problem is if we only challenge, people generally don't like us because they don't know that we care about them. It's just all challenge all the time. It's like, whoa, brother, I can't handle that. I just don't want to be around you. So you see how Jesus masterfully uses both invitation and challenge. And most of us are used to being in environments that are either high invitation or high challenge, but many of us have not experienced the culture with both, with a balance of both of those. So enough talking about invitation and challenge just in theory. I want to show you um, a tool, and if you want to take your phone out and take pictures of these, if this is helpful for you, great. There's going to be a few of these throughout the message this morning. So we're going to look at this, and we're going to talk through it because it really gives us a handle on how we can use um, or, or have healthier relationships. So the first one is this. Well, think about it in terms of the church. Many of you have grown up in the church or been a part of other churches. And so when we think about discipleship, churches generally fall into one of these four categories. And so if we are high invitation, low challenge, that means as a church that we welcome everybody. We want you to feel, uh, we're happy that you're here. We're going to do everything we can to, you know, we give you gifts and um, welcome you like crazy, love, you, love on you like crazy, you feel welcome. But we're really not going to challenge you to do anything hard or to change, right? And some churches fall into that. And what you get is a cozy culture. You get a lot of people showing up, but they're not really invested and they don't really want to change or grow And that's that top left quadrant. You might know of some churches that are like that. And we're not here to throw stones, but uh, you maybe have have experienced that. Then the lower left quadrant, we have low challenge, low invitation. So basically, they're not really all that concerned that new people are showing up or they're just like, yeah, whatever, you're here, cool. Uh, But then they're also not challenging anyone that's there. We're really not going to push you or help you grow. Um, It's more about survival. Churches that are just trying to hang on, just trying to survive, they're just, but it creates a bored culture. People are just not challenged, they're not really engaged. That's what you get in the bottom left. The bottom right, we have low invitation, high challenge. So again, we're not really loving you well, we're not connecting relationally, but we're going to challenge the daylights out of you. We're going to ask you to serve and give and do all these things and just always raising that bar of challenge, but without a lot of relational equity. And so you get a bunch of people who are discouraged or stressed out because they just, it just feels like, oh, all we do is serve and give and there's no relational bond here. And so really where we want to be as a church and for Missio, we want to be in the top right, the discipling culture, where we have high invitation, high challenge. So we invest in relationships. We care about people. We love well. But then we also confront issues. We deal with stuff and we help people grow in their faith because that's what Jesus did. That's the kind of culture that Jesus had with his disciples is that top left quadrant. And so we need both invitation and challenge. And so um, maybe as we think about our people of peace, people in our lives, we say, okay, well, I've, I've banked a lot of invitation. We've spent time together. Um, maybe it's time to take that next step and raise, a little, raise that bar of challenge. Sometimes people say, you know, they meet somebody and like, hey, you want to come to my Bible study? And they're like, whoa, I'm just not ready for that because they don't know you and you haven't banked enough invitation yet. You think of it a little bit like a bank account. When you have your bank account and you make deposits, you put money in, what happens? That balance starts going up. And then you take out some withdrawals, what happens? It starts going back down. If you take out too much money too quick, then we get the, the NSF fees. Everybody loves those, right? 
You get to call the bank and sort that out. And so think of it a little bit in terms of a bank account that you bank invitation so that you can bring a challenge and, and appropriately move through that relationship. And so I want to look at a, another um, passage of scripture here, just again to show how Jesus did this. And um, this is Matthew 16, and it actually starts in verse 15. I have that wrong on the screen, but this is what he said. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed. And on the third day, be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned and he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And so you see, even in that passage of Scripture, Jesus started out by telling Peter, Hey, good job. You realize that I'm the Messiah. That was a high invitation, right? He said, you're a great leader, Peter, and we're gonna, God's going to build the church, and he's going to use you instrumentally in that. But then just a short while later, he calls him Satan. Like, that's, that's pretty high bar of challenge, isn't it? Jesus called him Satan because he didn't have his priorities in order. So high invitation, high challenge. That's how Jesus did ministry. That's how he did discipleship. And so you can see how Jesus often had both of these together. Um, so let's talk about marriage a little bit. We can use this tool as we think through the relationship between a husband and a wife. Um, marriage is easy, right? Anybody think marriage is an easy, easy thing? It's not. And if you've been married just a short amount of time, it's, it's tough. And those of you who've been married a long time, you know it. It's, it's a commitment. It's a covenant before God to continue to work at it and, and to keep uh, committing ourselves to one another. In Ephesians 5, it says this, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to, in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And sometimes people read those scriptures and they're like, oh, that's tough. I, mean, I don't want to submit to my husband. And, you know, and it's not about being a dictator. It's not about being a tyrant as a husband. Because what does it say in there to husbands? Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And so husbands are to love, we're to love our wives above everything else and to be willing to give up our very lives for our spouse. That's a pretty powerful relationship and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Marriage is a beautiful picture that, that God gives us. But yet oftentimes, if we apply this tool of uh, invitation and challenge, we, we kind of 
vary too far one way or the other, but what we need is mutual love and respect for one another so that the marriage will remain healthy and continue to develop over time. Because you know, if you've been married for a few years, your marriage is probably not in the same place today as it was the day that you stood and said, I do. It develops over time. That's God's plan for us is to have healthy and dynamic marriages that grow over time. And so I want to put this slide up with, this is the invitation challenge applying to marriage. And so if we're high invitation, low challenge in a marriage, that means that we're relationally connected, physically intimate, but we're never really going to challenge the other person to grow. That's friends with benefits. You guys kind of get what that means. And so there's, there's a connection, but it's not necessarily covering all the areas of life. We're going to just kind of skirt the issues. If there's something going on in our relationship, we're just not going to talk about it. Then you go down to the bottom left, low invitation, low challenge. This means that we're really not spending time together. We're really not talking about things that uh, connect us, connect our hearts. We're not building trust. And we're also really not challenging each other to grow as people in our relationship. So pretty much we're just coexisting in the same space. We're living in the same house, paying bills, kind of like roommates. Then you have the bottom right quadrant where it's low invitation, high challenge. Again, not really building the relationship, not really investing in the other person, but lots of challenge. Like, I need you to do this, I need you to do that, and there's always something that we're asking the other person to do. And that's the high expectation part of it. And so where we want to be is that upper right quadrant. Again, high invitation, high challenge. A healthy marriage needs to be, you know, we're connecting with each other emotionally and spiritually and physically, but also dealing with stuff. When it comes up, we don't ignore problems. We talk about it. We work through it. We deal with it. And that's where healthy marriages uh, will last over the course of time, the way that God designed them to be. And so maybe if you're struggling a little bit in your marriage today, you can look at this and say, maybe we need to work on a little more time together. We need to build some more invitation into our marriage. Or maybe for some of us, we, like, we need to actually talk, have some hard conversations because we're, we're really connected to each other, but we're not talking about this stuff that's been kind of under the surface for years. And so maybe use this as a diagnostic for your marriage today. Maybe this is helpful for you. I don't know. And then the last one is this, parenting. Invitation and, and challenge applies to relationships between kids and parents. And so I want to share a couple of verses before we look at this graph, but the first one is this, Colossians 3.21. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. And then Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. And I know both of these verses are talking to fathers, probably because fathers, we tend to correct a lot, like naturally. I think, I think dads are that way. But I think both of these verses could apply to moms just as much. Like, parents, don't provoke your children. Because we can be really hard on our kids to the point where they just resent you. And when they leave home, they're just checking out because like, mom and dad, I don't like you at all. I don't have a relationship with you. But if we bank invitation... If we build trust with our kids, then it, it, it makes it a lot easier to discipline. So let's, let's put the slide up for this and let's talk about what does it look like? High invitation, low challenge. We're basically friends with our kids. We love them. They feel accepted, welcomed, right? 
But there's no challenge. We don't ever deal with discipline. We don't correct any behavior. We don't deal with the stuff. And you end up in Neverland. Who lived in Neverland? Peter Pan. And, and who, was, who was with him? The Lost Boys, right? And they had parties all the time. If you've seen the movie, Hook, like, they just, it was just a party every day. But there's no rules, no parents. But what also happened? They never grew up. They never developed into like successful adults. They were just the lost boys. And so we don't want our kids to end up in Neverland. And then you can go down to the bottom left corner where it's low invitation, low challenge, where there's really no relationship, not a lot of love or grace shown to the kids, but there's also no challenge. They're just kind of on their own. And we've seen this play out in movies and cartoons, right? Like the kid just gets picked up by a pack of wolves and kind of figures out life on their own. So raised by wolves really isn't a good way to parent. Bottom right corner, high challenge, low invitation. So we're, again, we're not really building the relationship, not showing love or grace to our kids. But there's always some expectation. Did you do your chores? How are your grades at school? What's going on? You know, and it's, it's, it's like a performance review. And they're always on trial for how good they're doing. And you can see how that's not really helpful in, in a parenting relationship. But if you go to the top right corner, heaven on earth, maybe that's a little uh, idealistic, but, but that's, really the, that's really God's intent for parenting, is that as parents, we show our kids love and grace. We have a relationship of trust built with them, but then we also deal with stuff. Hey, we want to help them become successful adults. We want to help them reflect Jesus. And this is, by the way, the way God parents us. God is the perfect father who parents us with love and compassion, but he also disciplines his kids, doesn't he? He doesn't want us to stay where we're at. He doesn't want us to be stuck. He wants us to move forward and to reflect Jesus more and more. And so that's the way we want to parent. If you're a parent here today, we want to reflect what God is like to our kids. And we can do that. And so maybe this is helpful for you to think through, where are we at with our kids? Where are we at with our parenting today? Maybe we need more invitation with our kids. Maybe we need more challenge. But finding that sweet spot can really be um, helpful in, in, again, parenting the way that God does. So I mentioned this before that um, our goal this year is to identify 200 people apiece and to pray for them uh, regularly. And so that's where we started was invitation challenges, a way for us to know where are we at in a relationship And where do we go from here? What next steps do we take? Uh, We're going to talk a lot about prayer next week, and that's a huge part of this as well. Like, we want to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and what God's prompting us to do. But I hope that this tool is very helpful in just beginning to think through a little bit. How much invitation have I banked in a relationship before I start raising the bar of challenge? Do I have the right to put someone through that amount of challenge or to, to question them or, you know, because sometimes we just hit that right out of the gate. You know, we, we challenge too soon and the relationship just shuts down or somebody checks out. And so we want to use this as a way to figure out where we're at and where God's leading us to grow. Um, many of you know Caesar. He was here and did some teaching, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago now. Uh, he's my ministry coach. And he's got a saying that when I first heard it, I was like, man, just a lot. I was just kind of trying to think through it. But over time, the more I've thought about it, I think it's pretty true. And he says this. The kingdom of God expands at the speed of relationships and it moves and the gospel travels along the lines of trust. 
And so that's very true. The kingdom of God expands at the speed of relationships. If we want to make a difference in our city, if we want to reach our city, which by the way, we can't do alone. That's a bit of a that title on the, on the message, it's we want to do our part, right? What does God have for us as a church? But if we want to reach our city, then the kingdom of God expands at the speed of relationships. We need to know people. We need to get to know their stories. We need to sit with them. We need to develop relationships. And then what happens as we build trust with them, as we bank lots of invitation, then the gospel can move along the lines of trust. Would you rather sit down with somebody and have a hard conversation if you trust them or if you've just met them. It makes quite a difference. And so think about this, and, and I want us to really just be prayerful again of, God, what do you want us to do as a church? How do we reach into a, a community that needs Jesus? That's why we're here. That's why we planted Missio Church. We didn't plant Missio just so that we could have another church service on the south side of town. We're here to share and to shine the light of Jesus and to help more and more people have a relationship with him. That's the Great Commission, right? Make disciples of all the nations. That's why we're here. And I can't think of anything more important, anything uh, with more eternal consequences than just developing relationships with people. And so I guess my challenge to all of you today is, do you have time for people? Have you carved out some margin? Have you made that a priority to allow access in your life? Or are we just too busy? Have we made ourselves uh, too isolated? Maybe we've put up walls and we just don't really want to let people in. Look what Jesus did. He spent his life with others. He was misunderstood. He was uh, ultimately gave up his, his very life so that we could live. So that's our motivation. We look to Jesus and we say, that's how he did life and relationship and ministry. And we can learn from it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for a perfect example in Jesus and how he spent his life with others and, and just ultimately laid down his life for others. And so God, we ask that you would use our church in some powerful ways this year. We don't build the church, you build the church, Jesus. And we rely on you for the outcomes. So Lord, we pray that you'd help us to not only meet this goal, but surpass it. And not just for the sake of patting ourselves on the back, but that we could look and say, God, look what you did. Look at how many people's lives have been changed by the power of the gospel. Lord, we believe the gospel changes everything. A relationship with you changes everything. It changes our eternity. It changes our life now. And so, Lord, may we, we, may we be your people who are faithful to the call to make disciples, both here locally and as those rings of um, spread from even wider. And so, God, we, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we close in song? Josh left us with a few takeaways from the service. Josh mentioned last week that we can't reach people who don't know Jesus if we don't know people who don't know Jesus. Invitation refers to an attitude that says, I'm glad you're here. I'm committed to you, 
and will welcome you no matter what. Challenge refers to an attitude that says, I want you to grow. I'm committed to holding you accountable to change for the better. Notice that in Jesus' ministry, invitation generally precedes challenge. Life transformation begins with invitation, but continues with challenge. People are used to experiencing cultures that are either highly invitational or highly challenging. Typically, they don't ever experience them together. The kingdom of God expands at the speed of relationships and the gospel moves along the lines of trust. If you have the opportunity to see us in person, we'd love to have you. On January 29th, we will be having a family meal. If your last name is from A to M, we ask if you could bring a side and a dessert. If your last name begins with an N through Z, we ask that you bring part of a main dish. We hope to see you there. Come and join us. Come and meet the family. Thanks again for listening, Church. God bless, and we will see you next week.